0: Hello there. Before we start this episode, we have two little disclaimers. Number one is that we will be talking about the scale in this episode. And if that is a troubling topic for you, please feel free to skip on by this episode. We totally understand it is not right for everyone. Number two, we had a couple of sound difficulties in this episode. Uh, might have hit the mic a few times or 10. Uh, so uh, we know it. You know it. Get ready for it. It's still a great episode and I hope you enjoy.
1: And welcome to the audio version of a before and after photo another episode of we only look thin i am one of your hosts uh, both before and after and my name is donald weigel and i have lost about 100 pounds and with me as always is
0: katherine weigel a tiny habit certified coach Ooh. wife podcaster yeah bon vivant oh I, lost, I, not, I don't even know what that is it's not what i am I my picture is not nice.
1: i've heard people say bon vivant many times in my life and i've never stopped to actually figure out what that is it's
0: not me it's someone with uh, much more robust uh joy and uh anyway we yeah can, we can look that up later. joy de vive. yeah a little bit of joie de vive. joie uh, de vive. Yeah. yeah
1: my french is not good it's
0: fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah i'm catherine i have lost about 145 pounds and uh, you can hear it in my voice
1: yes yes you can <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to tell people. Now we're gaslighting our audience into thinking they can hear it in your voice.
0: They can. So yeah, so last week, we started talking about the scale, and we are going to do it again. Uh, we talked about your relationship with the scale. We talked about the pros and cons of how frequently you weigh yourself. Yeah. And then we talked about how the l- most recent number on the scale might affect your mood.
1: Yes, indeed. And uh, so this week, we're going to get into a little bit more of it, um, talking about the relationship between our mental image of how things should go and how they do go. Um, and then also talk about, uh, valuing yourself, uh, based on the number on the scale.
0: Yep. And, uh, how to determine your goal weight. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: too. Yeah. If I actually paid attention to <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> to my own notes, I would know that.
0: Yeah. But, uh, we often, you know, I would for many, many years, I confused before and after pictures with a plan Yeah, with just wanting, you know, seeing the cover of, uh, the People Magazine, down a hundred pounds, amazing transformation. Yeah, and I would go, wow, well, that's what I want, and then I would, you know, wish and pray. And then nothing would happen. Yeah,
1: and you'd look into a mirror and say Bloody Mary three times, and still the weight wouldn't I come would off.
0: never say that three times. <laughs> I still have not. We were watching a TV show yesterday where someone was going to say that three times in a mirror, and it was a murder show. People are getting murdered everywhere. I'm yeah. fine with that, but just the idea of saying well, that word I know, three and you're times. Not, you're
1: not even particularly superstitious, but- I'm but, just and, normally
0: stitious. And yet that
1: one, I, it makes me want to go in the mirror and do it live on this podcast right no. now. No, no. Not on my watch. Not doing it? No, but
0: they said it on the show, and I went in the corner of the room and covered my face because I just didn't want – that's just one mojo you do not – you know get in the way of so
1: yeah so um doing that uh certainly doesn't help you magically <laughs> lose weight though uh, hit your goal weight
0: but even now I think people see our before and now photos or they go to our website or you know see uh, things on Instagram you see influencers who show those giant transformations and you have this mental image because it's simple right it's it's the before and it's the now and then it's done and it's motivation and it's whatever, yeah. But we imagine it as just a straight line. If you're, if you've ever done geometry, just a uh, an obtuse, no, a, a, an acute angle, just zipping down. I shouldn't mention yeah, geometry. It that really has work.
1: nothing to do with <laughs> angles at all. It's just a straight line.
0: <laughs> But you imagine me at uh, my, my heaviest weight, and then you see me now, and you think, oh, it was just then, and now it's now, and there's nothing in the middle but just a straight line going down. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I know that this is a bit of a tangent, and I apologize, but um, I there are a lot of those before and after photos on Instagram, by the way, that are not the same person. Like, yeah. They're, they are. <laughs> like there are people out there who are trying to get you to subscribe to their, their Instagram and, or do their one weird trick, crazy plan. And they steal like photos from like one woman, and then another woman, and they put them next together, yeah. and, like, because they're wearing sort of similar outfits, and they sort of kind of look like one another, but they're not actually yeah, them. I like, act- there are there are lots of real before and after photos, but not all of them are real.
0: Well, and my photo was actually used as a, like, new slimming detox tea thing on some scam Instagram site. So don't believe everything that you see, or all of the ups and downs in between those photos. Yeah, and, and you know, like,
1: like Catherine was starting to say before I so rudely got us off on a tangent. Um, y- you know, I used to look at those photos, and it just seemed like the snap of a finger. Yeah, like, and you know, not realizing all of the hard work that went in between those two things and not realizing all of the ups and downs that happened between those two things. You look at a, a photo of the two of us, you know, we ha- we have this photo of the two of us in, uh, at Stateline uh, Casino in Nevada. And from 2003, when we both were, were at our heaviest, yeah, you know, basically at our heaviest. And then there's a, we took another photo a few years ago. Um, and, You just might imagine like, oh, well, in between, they just snapped their fingers and got there and now they're fixed forever until they die.
0: Well, and I think the the problem with the before and now photos is exactly that it it gives you the impression that, you know, Cinderella's fairy godmother, you know, bippity-boppity-booed, and then suddenly we lost the weight. And that's not at all. It took, there were 15 years between the two photos that we're mentioning that you can't see, which is great. But we think it's an immediate before and it's an after. And so many times I saw that as a motivation. I would see a magazine cover. I would see someone who I hadn't seen in a year who had lost weight and go, oh my gosh, they lost a hundred pounds. I could lose a hundred pounds. That's what I'll do. Yeah, for sure.
1: And the other thing is, you know, people would say, like, well, what did you do? Yeah. And and they want me to say that I, you know, I ate one piece of okra every day and the, you know, the pounds just, like, flew yeah. off of me. Or
0: I, I stopped drinking Coke. Like, right. that was my problem.
1: Right. <gasps> That's all you had to do? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I did this weird exercise for five minutes a day and it just, the pounds just came yeah, right off. Or burn the belly or I, fat or away. Or I took this pill or whatever. And they don't want to hear that, well... I, I put sustainable habits in place one at a time. I started small oh, and I got, built upon go, them over got, time. No, yeah, no, no, and no, like no. I can't even like finish well, the whole thing.
0: I was at our daughter's school and I had lost probably sixty pounds at the time, and a mom came up to me, you know, sort of agog gog, <laughs> and was like, "What did this. you do?" And she made this uh, stapling motion toward my stomach yeah, as though yeah. I had had surgery, and I said, "Oh no, you know, just you know, I walked to school every day, and I started," g-. and she could not get away from me fast enough. I don't think she ever spoke to me again because that is not very interesting. <laughs> yeah, attractive. that's not
1: fun. That's not interesting.
0: But making those big, you know, broad gestures, and I've done this before too, of like, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by my 50th birthday. Oh, I'm going to lose 22 pounds in 2022. I'm going to get to, my, the, you know, the weight from my high school driver's license again all of these sort of big proclamations are not actually plans for success yet we see so many people wanting to make those big you know I, I don't, actually don't like saying this these audacious big choices and <laughs> decisions or whatever but it's don't not let actually, her fool
1: you she says audacious all the time I, it's like all like if I had a nickel for every time she said audacious
0: but people want these big changes because they feel like that is motivating it's patchy, it sounds good. And that's not actually a sustainable plan. Not to say that you can't lose that amount of weight, but that's not how I did it this last time. Because every time I did it before, I, the buzzword wouldn't work. Just saying it doesn't, you know, bring Bloody Mary to uh, the next <laughs> <time. So. laughs>
1: Yeah, there should be like a weight loss version of Bloody Mary. 50
0: pounds could, by 50, 50 <laughs> pounds by 50. Don't exactly. say it a third time. Yeah, do not say
1: it a third time. It will sabotage you. Um, so, you know, this brings us to the question of how do you set your goal weight? And, you know, i now with the benefit of hindsight I have an answer to that question but when I first started this time um, i i needed to lose about a hundred pounds i didn't actually know well needed is actually probably the wrong word i ended up you know until i really got you know comfortable and felt healthy um, I, I lost a hundred pounds but I didn't know like where I needed to be and i just sort of arbitrarily said to myself eh, i'll just you know be ridiculous re- Ridiculous because I'll never audacious. hit it. Audacious. Yes, I'll be <laughs> audacious. See, there's another <laughs> Ew, another I feel nickel gross for me. Just
0: saying that.
1: Um, and I just said, well, I'll just set my goal weight in my in my app at seventy pounds. And, you know, that's crazy. I'll never get there, but you know, I'll just do it just because. And then you know, eventually, one pound at a time, half a pound at a time, a tenth a pound at a time. I worked my way down there over the the course of you know a little over, I guess it was about a year and a half, and then managed to lose another thirty pounds uh, in the in the final. I don't know. I guess I mean I lost an average of of about six pounds a week for two years. Shoo, six pounds a week. I lost an average of about one pound a week for two years before I hit my goal weight.
0: Yeah. So I know when people are starting out uh, in our support group or when I see even doctors might say like, oh, well, you need to lose 75 pounds or you need to lose 100 pounds or you need to get to this BMI. It can feel so overwhelming because just saying it doesn't actually put a a plan in place. And for me, I spent a lot of time and I, I see other people who are just starting out saying, well, I want to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight. I want to get back to my high school weight. I want to get to my ideal BMI Even though I haven't been at that weight in 30 years, that's what I'm going to shoot for. And it's this huge number without really a plan in place to get you there.
1: Yeah, or I'm going to lose 48 pounds by my 48th birthday, like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I've done that too. And it's, it can set us up for failure because again, it's just not that plan. So, I uh, actually did a little something different this last time around.
1: You did? I did. Well, why don't you tell us what it was? I'm dying to know.
0: So on this last journey venture that I have been on that I didn't know was a journey venture at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people say weight loss journey. And for some reason that makes me cringe and roll my eyes. I prefer saying weight loss adventure, which is probably really just, annoying, just as cringy and annoying. So we've compromised and say journey venture for those who might not know. We sure
0: <laughs> have. So what I did this time, because as if you go back to those early episodes where I talk about this, uh, this last time, all I wanted to do was fit back into my Jeans. That is that was my only goal. I didn't have this hundred by whatever my hundredth birthday. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> lose was a
1: hundred by your hundredth birthday. I love it.
0: But I just wanted to fit in my jeans, which I knew was about three to five pounds. That was that was it. That was my first goal, and I decided that this last time journey, all I would do was look at five pounds at a time. So when I was two hundred and fifty pounds. All I put into my Fitbit calculator was I would like to be 245 pounds. That was my first goal. Yeah. Could I get there? Could I put habits in place to get myself there? And then I did. And then I set it another five pounds and another and another. I never at any point came up with this magical BMI, this magical, you know, well, whoa, whoa, when I was in sixth grade, I weighed whatever. Right. I was just looking at what was right in front of me because I had put so much chaos in place over the last 20 years, I just decided, what if I did it differently? Like, there was an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza was like, what if I just do the opposite of what my instincts are? (laughs)
1: And, And everything went really well. And it
0: did. It went really well. And I said, okay, every single time in the past, I did a giant goal. What if I just do five pounds at a time? I also said to my, I looked at my past history, every time before that I had gained weight after losing, I would quit. Like I was good on Weight Watchers. Yeah, I, was, I would lose, lose, lose. And then around week six, I would gain. And that's when I would quit. And that's how I gained 100 pounds on Weight Watchers is because I quit every time the number didn't go in my favor. This time I said, I'm not going to quit even if the number goes up What would happen if I just kept going? And that's how I lost the 100 pounds, just five pounds at a time. And
1: setting those small goals really is better for your mental well-being when you're doing it. And, you know, Catherine uh, is a certified tiny habits coach. I have read uh, B.J. Fogg's book about tiny habits. And he talks in there about celebrating your tiny victories all the time. And it really does make a difference. If you set a goal, you know, that – is a hundred pounds or 50 pounds and you lose five and you feel like, Oh, well I've only gotten, you know, 5% of the way there, 10% of the way there. It really is not the mental outlook that you need to keep going but if you set a goal that is five pounds or one pound and you hit it and you celebrate that goal then it is really motivating to keep going and continue you know feeling that progress
0: Well it too, when you first started losing weight, I was very supportive of you and very happy. And I was like, wow, well, you're true. down five pounds that's great and you're like don't be proud of me yet not until i get to my (laughs) i did i
1: did i said that over and over again and so
0: then i started saying i can't wait to be proud of you i so look forward to celebrating you yeah
1: yeah it was really good yeah i still enjoy that quite a bit
0: so for me i looked at five pounds at a time and part of that and sort of tying back to what donald said is weight watchers when you do weight watchers at least when i did it they suggested setting your first goal as a five percent weight loss again it's a small increment and i would do that thing of like well i want to lose 75 pounds i want to lose 100 pounds let's just look at five percent see how you do and then we can reassess from there and thinking in those short terms the five pounds or the five percent is much more sustainable so i i would go in that direction
1: yeah and and i think that um we oftentimes run into people and i was the same way who just say like you know like i like me you know Catherine just brought it up you know, 5%, what's that going to do? And, you know, you can't get to a 100% until you get past that 5%. And I would, you know, constantly go through all of these, you know, diet and exercise plans, you know, the the shake, meal, shake, keto, etc. And be like, I'm just not losing the weight fast enough. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know what My rush was.
0: I, for 20 years, wanted to lose weight fast. And then I wouldn't, if if it was slow. And then you'd do nothing. (laughs) Oh, it's slow? I'm not going to do that. Oh, well, it would have been done by now if I had already just started.
1: And so, you know, the difference between the person who, you know, is trying to lose weight quickly, like... I tried to lose weight quickly for, you know, 20, yeah. 30 years, whatever it was, and ended up losing nothing or losing weight for a little bit and then gaining it back plus more. And it never resulting in where I wanted to be. It wasn't until I decided to consistently lose weight slowly, um, that I'd actually paid off. Like I averaged about a pound a week for two years. And that wasn't a pound every week. Some, some weeks I lost nothing. Some weeks I gained a little bit. Um, but it averaged out. And eventually, like a pound a week for, for two years is a hundred pounds. Like it works out that way.
0: And now guess what? You've kept it off for four years. For so that's four years. twice as long as you were even losing.
1: Yeah. And it is, it is, you know, it, as long as you have an attitude going in of knowing that, that things aren't going to change and you have to continue to, you know, do your habits, that it is much easier to keep it off than it is to get it off. So like once you're there, you can continue your habits and maintain that weight loss.
0: Well, and I think, too, the biggest shift for me was I thought about going on diets for 30 years. I'm on a diet. Oh, I can't because it's a diet. That is the impatient, like, I just want to get there and then I'll be fixed viewpoint. But this time around, I finally realized I – really need to change my lifestyle. I need to stop blaming the world for my problems. I need to stop eating my emotions all the time. So becoming patient and really designing my lifestyle to support healthier habits has been the big shift because I really don't think of it as a diet. I think about it as my lifestyle. And making that shift, you know, potato, potato, but it's that patient lifestyle yields slow results over time. And the impatient diet mentality is, well, no, that's not gonna work. Like, oh no, well, I gotta wait until the, the summer comes and oh, well, but isn't there some other way like oh i just don't have the right recipe i didn't get 145 pounds more than i am right now because of a recipe problem i had a compulsive eating problem yeah and a, an emotional eating problem
1: and you know i think that we have we tend to have this all or nothing attitude about many things in life and i think maybe especially weight loss and we fall into this trap of well if i can't lose all the weight right now, quickly, then I'm just going to do nothing instead of just consistently. Like if you lose half a pound a month, that's six pounds a year. That's, you know, 36 pounds, 30 pounds in five years, 36 pounds in six years. If you lose a pound a month, you know you're even doubling that rate and where would you rather be 5 years from now would you rather be 50 pounds down because you lost it you know 1 pound a month or a half a pound a month or would you rather be where you are now or would you rather gain weight like what is the alternative like why not lose it slowly and, and- less painfully. Yeah. Like anytime I tried to to do any sort of severe diet, it was painful and it was a struggle and it relied on willpower and I hated every minute of it. And now it's not that painful. Like it's just sort of these gentle gradual changes that I have to stay on top of that allow me to maintain the weight where I am now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and that progress that we talked about is non-linear. We have talked before about how I would quit every time the scale didn't do what I expected it to do. Now, I didn't, you know, when I got away with something, sort of like we talked about on the Driver's Ed episode of like, I should yeah. have gained weight this week and I didn't. Then I would be like, well, I guess my metabolism is fixed now and I can just eat, you know, pizza pockets all the time now. Yeah, exactly. And then I would gain weight and be like, oh, low does it work? Uh, the point of all this, dear listeners, I, I step back a little bit, is that there are going to be circumstances where you gain weekends away with family, vacations, health concerns, you know, things come up, you twist your ankle and you can't go on walks like you could uh, holiday seasons, all that stuff. Gaining is part of losing, and I gained 20 times while I was losing 100 pounds, and I shudder to think what would have happened in February of 2016, that first time I was up on the scale, if I had just given up and said, well, see, this is just more proof that it's never going to work. I got past that, and I allowed for that range, because sometimes people, and I think Donald has mentioned this, people have a number that they want to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't think about the range because of all those fluctuations that we talk about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I have, quote unquote, hit my goal weight. And I I say that in air quotes. But, you know, four years later, I, I say I've maintained, but I go up and down within about a 10 pound range, like all the time. And it's generally indicative of how, how much I'm sticking to my habits to whether I'm closer to the top of that range or closer to the bottom of that range. And we talked last week about weighing yourself and how often to do it. One of the reasons I weigh myself once a week is so that I can see visibly when i'm i'm not even though i may know it i can you know see that evidence of when i'm not sticking to my habits as closely as i would like because i can see that number creeping back up and so Stepping on the scale and seeing it, then I then it it makes it real and makes me you know reinforces the idea that I have to stick to those habits and keep going.
0: Well, and it's those trends over time. I personally use my Fitbit for tracking my weight and my calories and my steps. Me too. I know that there are other apps that specifically just follow weight trends. I think there's one called the Happy app, um, but. Find an app that shows your trends over time. For me, looking at... the direction I'm generally going in matters. You can also, I mean, it's almost like a stock market. If I look at my scale or if I look at my tracker, I go up. Oh, oh, that was the trip away on the right, weekend. Oh, right. that was when we went up for Labor Day. To the, oh, that's when I, you know, uh, had my time of the month. Uh, so I can sort of see those di- different punctuation marks throughout my my process. But trending down matters, and that's where I am right now because I'm up a little bit higher than I would like to be. But I still, I still weigh every day. I still track every day. I still track my calories every day.
1: Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I think that the, you know, I think that the overarching point of this part of this episode is to remind everyone that even though Catherine and I both have lost a substantial amount of weight and have achieved our goal weights, our progress was not a straight line it's a zigzag you know just like she just said about the stock market it it goes up a little it goes down a little and in the past anytime it would go up a little i would use that as an excuse to say well this is never going to work i may as well just quit and and that never got me anywhere but knowing that if i just stick to the habits And, and adjust accordingly that I can eventually get there has been the key to maintaining the weight loss this time.
0: Well, and I think too with maintaining and for those who are just starting out, you might, it might not seem relevant, but all of the people in Walt Place who are maintaining their weight like when i when i was in uh, weight watchers i would see people who had hit their goal weight i'm like why are they even here they're fixed like run free go to get a donut quick like you're you know you've made it to the other side you graduated yeah but really weight maintenance is about maintaining, like maintaining the habits. And it's sort of like when you get a new car, you don't just go and drive it off the lot and then never get another oil change or get your tires rotated. Maintaining your weight requires the habits that got you to that weight. And so for me, showing up, weighing myself, sticking to my habits really does matter in all of this. And, you know, sort of going back to that before and after, we are not an an after photo we didn't just get stuck at 4 right. years ago going right. like we're done everybody My weight has gone up in the last four years. I'm about 10 pounds over my goal weight right now. So I'm, you know, at one point I was 155 pounds down. Now I'm about 145 pounds down. But it is not like I hit the number and then I set it and forget it. Circumstances change as we get older. Our, you know, I thought at one point we would be walking every single morning for ever and ever, and it'd be great. And now we're rebounding. Our circumstances have changed. Our priorities have changed. I'm doing more weightlifting and yoga than I was before. So Goal weights can change. I'm a little bit over my BMI right now, which I would like to get back to, but it's still an ongoing process. I'm not like, okay, I'm here and this is what I'm going to be forever. It's going to change over time.
1: Yeah. And I think that that is a good segue. Um, There's a quote from James Clear uh, in his book, Atomic Habits, uh, in the first chapter that I think is um, apropos of this whole thing in terms of, you know realizing your relationship with the scale and he says your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits you get what you repeat yeah and you know what that means is that if you You know, if you are following habits that are moving you in the direction you want to move and you keep repeating them then the your outcome will end up in the direction that you want it to. But if you don't do that, then it will be the opposite.
0: Yeah. If we go back to our old habits, we're going to get old results. And that's it. It's not fair. It's not unfair. We're not fixed. It's not that our metabolisms have changed. Sure, we're getting older and hormones affect. But guess what? In the end, what I put in my mouth, if I'm up on the scale, it's not my hormones. It's the 2 weeks of not tracking over Christmas and eating all of the panettone uh, that that was really the culprit all along. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and look, I you know, we're talking about relationship with the scale and I think that one of the reasons that I personally get on the scale uh, on a weekly basis is to keep myself honest and to not lie to myself. And you know, people do this thing all the time where they say, "Well, I've been so good, but" the scale isn't reflecting it and then they really look and maybe perhaps they're sabotaging themselves on the weekends you know they're they're, yeah. they're being like they're sticking to a calorie goal monday through thursday and then friday saturday sunday they're going well above that calorie goal or you know and and then it's averaging out to yeah. them not being in a deficit or you know the thing that i do over and over again and i still do now is I will stick to a calorie goal up through dinner and then after dinner yeah. I I decide well you know I just want to eat whatever I want to eat and and you know that gets me into trouble so stepping on the scale is a way to keep yourself honest about what you're doing and you don't have to do it you could use other other measures but for me having that data and and looking at it in a non emotional way and just knowing like well this is, you know, proof of that I was either following my habits or not following my habits, and then moving on and going back to following the habits.
0: Right, and that we did a series called "Failures Feedback" about how to use data that you're not super happy with um, to decide your future choices. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit here. We're gonna get a little more serious at oh. this last part of oh. the, of the episode. But in reality. We have been aware of our weights all our lives. Oh, yeah. I look back at photographs of me, and I can almost to the number remember what weight I was, how self-conscious I was. Yeah. What... Limited uh, activity I could do based on the weight that I was, and all of the judgment that I put on myself over the years about my weight and my value as a person—was I not getting the raise because of my weight? Yeah, did you know? Was I not popular? Whatever—all the things I compensated for because of the number on the scale. And you know, this <laughs> this problem goes all the way to the top. We have been taught, uh, you know, since we were kids, about weight and the importance of it and being. Made to feel different because we weren't an average size. Yeah. And it really impacted me. And so I think acknowledging what an impact that is made on all of us really does matter. All the messages that we received from family and from friends about our weight, it might have been well-meaning, it might have been cruel, but we are here because, you know, and, and all of our issues are around the scale and the impact of that number. But what I would like to do is to sort of step back for a second. Um, I won't say vision quest because that, <laughs> that takes away the, the somber nature of... Of the Especially end of if
1: you're driving, you don't want to go on a vision quest no, in the car.
0: No, pull over, please. But for just a minute, think about the people who matter to you in your life. Your best friend your grandmother, your spouse, whoever it is, think of someone in your life that you really love. Think about the times that you've spent together, when you've laughed together, when you were in a dark place and someone came to be at your side, adventures that you your adventures that you've had together. <laughs> you know, think about that person, think about the people who mean the most to you, the people that you, you know, are your your ride or die. And If I were to ask you about them, if I said, Oh, my gosh, like, tell me about your grandmother. And I interrupted you when you said, Well, you know, she made the best and I stopped you and said, No, no, I don't care. I don't care what she did. What was her BMI? Like, what was your grandma's BMI? Like, that's what I want to know about. What was the circumference of her hips? Oh, you had a childhood best friend. What did they weigh? What size?
1: What weight were they at when you loved them the most?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, please tell me that.
1: Which weight made you love them more than when they were at a different weight? (laughs)
0: And I, you know, you would think I was a complete monster if all I wanted to know about anybody in your life was what's their BMI, what's their glucose level, like, you know, how quick can they run the 50-yard dash or whatever?
1: Yeah, and ask yourself, have you ever loved somebody more because of their weight? (laughs) Have you ever loved somebody less because of what they weighed?
0: And for me, my grandmother uh, passed away when she was 96. I love her with all of my heart. She was uh, maybe a little old fashioned about the whole weight thing. And oh, if only you had a more beautiful, you know, your face is beautiful. (laughs) The rest would catch up with you. Such a
1: beautiful face.
0: Such, oh, my face. Oh, 10% of you is just gorgeous. She was flawed. (laughs) I will tell you that. I can also tell you that hundred things that I loved about her had nothing to do with her number on the scale. The way she made me feel when she wasn't talking about my weight yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> Watching the Golden Girls with her while drinking coffee, like all of these wonderful memories, none of them were, oh my gosh, that time she got on the scale and weighed 145 pounds was the best <laughs> day of my life. We celebrated so hard. But we do that to ourselves. We hold our personal personal value with the number on the scale. And I can tell you right now that all of the people who are meaningful to me in my life and for all the things that I love about them, the number on the scale was never one of them. And I would ask you to turn that kindness onto yourself. All of the things that are great about you, all of the things that you bring to the world, the love that you bring, the, the comedy is maybe the
1: most <laughs> important. Comedy, <laughs>
0: please try to extend that same kindness and generosity to yourself because no one in my life is part of my life because of the number on the scale. And when I pass, I don't think, you know, the the obituary that Donald will write will be like, well, Catherine (laughs) Weigel was five foot, you know, six and three quarters. She says seven, but it wasn't really. And her, you know, her, right. her, uh, her weight was whatever. Need to be and the, exact. Yeah, need to be exact You about love these numbers. Yeah. If all he wrote was my, you know, as though it was like a page out of Playboy magazine, she was, you know, 36, 28, 36, which I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, if all it was was the various circumfry of my body, you would think he was a monster. Yeah. But he would talk about how loving I am and how how funny, yeah. just naturally. Naturally gifted in the funny areas. Uh, it
1: would all be about how naturally are, gifted,
0: yeah. how uh, how great I am. If all we did was talk about the numbers, that takes away all of our humanity. So though the number on the scale matters, though it is a single data point in a bigger constellation of measuring our health, it is not what makes us valuable as humans so please as we're finishing this episode know that your number on the scale is the least interesting thing about you it is important for your health and you know the the impact on your joints and all that jazz but you as a person (laughs) all that jazz i was trying to be serious i'm sorry trying to light the mood yeah uh, laugh it up but it's just one data point and you are so much more than that. And, uh, we just, we thank you for, for listening and going on this vision quest with us.
1: Oh but boy. <laughs> please
0: be kind to yourself. Please know that you are worthy of love just as you are, uh, as you are on your journey venture
1: yes indeed a vision quest that the soundtrack to the musical all that jazz (laughs) (laughs) well if you enjoy vision quests uh, that are accompanied by the musical all that jazz thank you so much for listening to this episode we uh, really really appreciate it If you'd like to hear more episodes of this show, they are available wherever you found this one. And also, every episode of the show is available on our website at any time at weonlylookthin.com.
0: Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on the link for join our support group and find out more. Oh yeah, do that find out more about Walt Place. We only look thin place. It is our accountability and support group for women based on Facebook. Uh, we do a lot of great work in there talking about goal weights and setting those goals for yourself. Uh, we do weekly Zoom meetings, newsletter, and it's just a place for amazing support for any stage of your journey. Uh, we are there to lend uh, support and uh, and some guidance too. So check it out. We have two subscription options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a... A three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you.
1: Indeed, so check it out. And you can also check us out on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at weonlylookthin. Or if social media is not your bag, you can email us uh, to Thin at gmail.com. We love episode suggestions. We love compliments. Uh, we love more compliments. <laughs> uh, feel free to email us. Uh, and if you have questions... Uh, We may eventually get back to you if you send us questions, Uh, but uh, we um, love hearing from you.
0: Yep. And if you have an extra minute and like what you hear here, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. Not only does it boost our mood, but it also helps those looking for podcasts that are inspirational. Talk about your adventures, your, uh, Vision quests, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, if they just type in Vision Quest, I'm sure uh, that'll, that'll come <laughs> up come under up. ours. That's sure. right. Uh, sure. But right. It, it really does help boost uh, our ratings and fi- helps other people find our podcast.
1: Yes, indeed. And if you know somebody who might like the show, uh, tell them about us. Uh, we appreciate that. It's one of the best ways in which the show grows and gains more listeners and uh, helps us out. So if you know somebody, uh, if you're uh, in a group online that you think, you know, somebody might enjoy our show, uh, why don't you tell them about us? It helps us out a lot. Yep. So, if you are looking to go on an audacious, jazzy <laughs> vision quest, just no. remember that Catherine and I are <laughs> an, an inspiration.
0: Asian, 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 Asian. jazzy.
1: The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals.